This podcast was recorded live on April 22nd at 10 p.m. Things may have changed since the time of this recording. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am Samora, your host, and the fellas are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. We are live on Facebook and looking forward to another fantastic conversation. You can follow our Facebook page at SGH Man Cave and our Facebook group at SGH Podcast Family to get notified when we are going live and engage in discussions we have throughout the week. And you can also see our videos on YouTube at SGH Man Cave. With all that being said, let's dive right in. And once again, I think there's just no question how we were going to have to start this episode out. Derek Chauvin, Chauvin, however the hell you pronounce this man's last name. Dipshit. <laughs> Essentially. Uh, convicted on all counts. And I got to say, uh, not only was I a little, not only was I surprised by the verdict, I was surprised that I was happy about it. You know, I, I kind of felt like even if they, I felt like this wouldn't matter either way. You know, if they pronounced him not guilty, it would be yet another reminder that cops can basically do whatever they want to in this country and murder black people with impunity. And if they pronounced him guilty, I'd be like, yeah, it's just one cop. And there's a whole slew of cops that are still getting away with everything they want to. But I got to be honest, when I finally saw the news and heard that he was guilty on all counts, that's not how I felt. I didn't feel like it was irrelevant. I, it, I, it felt good. You know, I don't know if uh, that is um, naive of me and that I should should have settled into my cynicism. But there's definitely a part of me that felt good to see some measure of justice done. Uh, Jason, how did you feel when you heard the news? I mean, I wasn't surprised. I'm I'm, I'm very interested in saying here that you said you felt surprised, but I understand what you mean by it. It's like, like yeah. really? You were surprised? Yeah. Well, like, I, I knew he was going to end up guilty. I knew he was going to be guilty. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, at the end, at the end of a trial, when they ask you if you have anything to say and your lawyer advises you <laughs> to plead the fifth, I mean, it's kind of like a rap. Like, dude, it don't really matter what you say. Whatever you say is just going to fuck you even more. Right. Right. <laughs> you want right. to speak? Mm-mm. Right. <laughs> Not a good idea, bro. You already Take- going to jail. Don't go to jail longer by talking. <laughs> Take them years and like it. Just, <laughs> hey, you go. You gonna get this? This. Let's just get through this and yeah, <laughs> and move so, on. <clears throat> so no, I wasn't surprised at the verdict. I pretty much figured he was gonna be guilty. Like, I, 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 I find it very hard pressed, and and I know there's a lot of skepticism, especially in our community, when it comes to when it comes to cops being tried and convicted and it just don't happen very often. This one right here was one of the ones that's almost a slam dunk. <laughs> like dude, like, like literally with this whole thing, like he, he basically like anytime or if they ever decided to use like a video or a picture to explain what excessive meant. <laughs> I believe yeah. the picture with him on his neck <laughs> With yes. the time in the corner of how long he was on his neck, I think you know. I mean, it's to put just, it in the dictionary, <laughs> right? Right. It's just like excessive chauvin. Right. Let's yes. change it to chauvin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, like I said, I, I wasn't surprised, and I mean, whether I was happy or not, I mean, my thing was it's like, okay, well, 
the the whole point of this thing in this one particular case was this explosion of thought behind, hey, this is a real thing. Black people are being targeted or are grossly, you know, saying differently treated by police as opposed to white people. Like, I figured this was going to be the one that would at least had some form of motivation, would have been a move towards or a better direction. You know, it was a lot of pushback when it came to people talking about defunding the police and things like that. But, you know, as we've gone along, there have been different people who have given different examples and have kind of explained some of the reason behind that thought. And even though everybody's still kind of pushing against it, at least it still felt like it was a little bit more of a positive movement forward. Absolutely. So with this situation ending the way it is, I think it's fitting and hopefully it'll 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 help that that same cause. But at this point, we, we got to get to the we got to get to the uh, sentencing because that's yeah. <laughs> right now. That's what it really is going to break down to, because that's where that's where my skepticism is right there. So he's supposed to be sentenced, I think, in about eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And then in August, we go through this whole thing again with his three little buddies and what sort of uh, jail time they're going to get. Now, keep in mind, because he's been found guilty on all charges, mm-hmm. at minimum, he's going to get 12 and a half years. Right. Um, so we'll just have to see. Whether and that's only not. for the first two charges. That last charge is only worth, I believe it was some kind of uh, 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 money penalty. Like some kind of fine and right. like some kind of community service or something like that, like right. eight months, something like that. Yeah. So uh, Dion is in the chat asking how many years do you we think he'll get? So at minimum, he's going to get 12 and a half. But I think they have enough wiggle room. I think he could get up to like 40 years. So it, it's a 12 to 40, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm almost a 12. Possibly. Personally. Possibly. We'll see. And I don't, and I don't remember how it goes too, because they, how they say either con, uh, concurrently, concurrently, right, or whatever. Like, it's like he he has to serve twelve for one and twelve for the other one, or if it's just going to be a flat twelve. I'm assuming it's going to be a flat twelve. We'll see. We'll it see. depends. It all depends on how much how how much energy we keep up. Mm. I mean, I mean, we we say we're not surprised that he got convicted, but. We, we can't pretend that all the protests, the demonstrations, the riots, the, you know, everything played a part in that. As much as they want to act like that, that in a court of law, that stuff is not supposed to matter. It matters. Yeah. There was nobody on that jury who didn't know what happened before they got on that jury. Mm-hmm. So it affects. So if we take our foot off the gas, which is probably what's going to happen, you know, it, it, it's definitely going to go toward the 12 years. But if we can keep our foot on the gas and and it, it could happen because they just ain't going to stop killing. I mean, we, we just see they just going to keep killing. So it, it, if we can keep our foot on the gas, maybe we, we can get some more years because I think that look on his face for that 10-minute video while he was kneeling, mm-hmm. I think that scared the hell out of a lot of people. I mean, beyond him being a police officer, that was just a plain old out, I don't care, serial killer kind of look he had going on throughout that whole 10 minutes. And I think it scared the hell out of everybody on that. And I love his look when he received his sentencing. 
He looked absolutely like, whoa, I, I didn't think this was going to happen. Isn't anybody going to intervene? Don't you realize that I'm a cop, that I'm a white man, that this is not how you treat me? Loved it. Then they stood his ass up, put the chains on him, and walked him away. Oh, he, he cried when that cell door locked behind him. That's where he cried. Uh, it was Shawshank Redemption, the way they now. talked about in that scene. He cried. Hey, hey, come on now. Um, uh, David Jones said in the chat that it's about the, the judge now. And I, I think that's really going to be something to watch because I would venture to say, based on the comments that the judges made previously, that he ha- does have some level of sympathy for. for Sharon, yeah. yeah, yeah, because I mean, he definitely made a point of calling out Maxine. Uh, what is it, Waters? I can't remember if her name is Walters or Waters. Waters. I think it was Waters. Waters. There we go. Yeah, yeah Max Maxine Waters' comments uh, regarding that, basically going to what Hudson was talking about that we need to maintain the aggression that people are going to have to keep protesting and keep getting in people's faces and making it clear that police brutality will no longer be tolerated. The judge made it clear he felt like his, her comments contaminated the, um, the case to some degree and made things harder. And I'm really confused on how he figured that. It's it's white (laughs) folks. It's white yeah. folks. And look, yeah. I don't say that all the time on the show. I'm not the type to just be like, yo, <laughs> white people are making everything bad. But this is a white folks kind of issue where they want to make it seem like everything's equal and everybody should just sit back and let it all play out. Like, no, the same thing is playing out multiple times all across the country. Speaking of which, while this conviction is absolutely fantastic, it was quickly followed by another string of horrible murders by the police, almost immediately reminding us that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, we can start with, I guess, the 13-year-old who got murdered here in Chicago. Uh, we had, what, maybe two weeks of the mayor saying that this kid was armed when the police shot him. And then the video comes out, turns out there's no gun in his hand. And that is completely obvious. The mayor had to know there was no gun in his hand at that time. Like, yeah, you could you could try to you could try to piecemeal it however you want to. But the but the fact, the fact, we talk about facts, right? The fact is, when the police shot that kid, there was no gun in his hand. Though so that the, the, there's video evidence of that. Go yeah. ahead, Jason. I'm gonna let you say what you go for say. that second. Yeah, he didn't have a gun. Now. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying real hard not to get into the logistics of this because I'm, I, I have several different feelings about the whole thing. So do I. Uh, <laughs> number one, we all do. <laughs> right. <laughs> number one, uh, I think this kid's parents and I think every adult around this kid failed him. Absolutely. You know what? Before you get into it, Jason, let me actually explain that situation right so in. people understand how their parents failed them, right? Mm-hmm. So if I remember the details correctly, basically what happened is it was about 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and this 13-year-old kid is out with another twenty year 21-year-old man. This 21-year-old man shoots his gun into a car. I don't remember if the car was moving or if it was stationary, but he shoots at these people, and the police are nearby. And the police basically chase after them and they run into an alley after them. And the 21-year-old gives his gun to the 13-year-old, right? 
And I didn't, I, 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 to, to some degree, I guess this is like a common thing where the, the adult feels like, hey, if I get caught with the gun, I might do 10, 10 years or whatever. But if the kid gets caught with the gun, it'll be much easier for them to potentially get away. So they hand the get gun off to a kid and bring a kid with them when they try to do these type of crimes. But anyway, the police catch up with the 21-year-old. They tackle him. They subdue him. The 13-year-old keeps running, and when it becomes clear that he's not going to be able to get away, he throws the gun behind the fence, turns towards the police with his hands raised and no gun. Now, there's a the way, the angle that he was at from the police, there's about a half a second where they can see the kid's left hand, but they can't see the kid's right hand, all right? So there's basically a question of when this kid is turning, are you going to wait that half second to confirm if the kid is unarmed or are you just going to go ahead and light him up? And the cops chose to just go ahead and light the kid up. And of course, it turned out that he had no gun. Now, now that that's been laid out, Jason, go ahead. You were saying that you felt like the, the adults around this kid. I failed believe them. The, the one thing that I'm starting to see that seems to be this trend now. And it's very upsetting. And it, it all kind of ties in with this 13-year-old and this 15-year-old over in Ohio. Where I feel like as soon as the kid is shot, all of a sudden they're baby again. Mm-hmm. My baby this, my baby that. Where were you to keep this baby in the house? Why was your baby out at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning with a grown-ass man with a fucking gun. I have I have a problem with it. Like when you when you reach out to a community and you reaching out for people to come and help and 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 jump down with you to say, hey, this ain't fair and this ain't this and that. Number one, this kid should have never been in this situation. The cop should have never been in this situation. Cause it was very obvious that the cop was affected by this situation. Nobody's running after a suspect or, or being a cop. In that particular situation, nobody's thinking about how old this kid is. Nobody's thinking about what's going on in this kid's mind or what the kind of situation is. All you see is two suspects, one you get down and one running with a gun. The entire time he ran down that alley, he had a gun in his hand. So that's all you know. That's all you know as a cop. And you're running and you're trying to stop him. And once you get him to a point where he decides that he's going to give the gun up, but he did it just a half second too late. Cause at that point in time, my man had to make a decision whether it was either him or if it was going to be the kid. Mm-hmm. And in any situation like that, people, you, you have to get home. You have to get home. And I, and I, and I, and I don't, I don't think it was a right, the right thing to do. I don't think it was the wrong thing to do. I think it was a fucked up position that they were both put in. One, unfortunately, won't ever get a chance to make a mistake again. I strongly disagree. I think it was absolutely the wrong decision to make because as a police officer, uh, you you absolutely have to get home and you absolutely have to defend yourself. But you also have to clearly know that your life is in danger or that someone else's life is in danger. And the fact that the matter is, Criminals, even criminals with guns, criminals will shoot each other all day and won't take a single shot at a cop. 
Just because a criminal is running with a gun does not mean that you can say, oh, well, I best gun him down because he's a threat to me. You have to be able to prove that this other person was actually a legitimate threat to you. And I'm sorry, we've seen dozens, dozens of videos online with white people with guns hostile towards See? police where police have taken that person alive. We have seen dozens of these videos, and I do not believe in any way, shape, form, or fashion that if that kid had been white, that he would be dead right now. That kid is dead because he was Latino, and that cop decided, I'm not going to take any chances. If how it long, had been a little white boy, he would have said, let me wait this half second and see whether or not this kid is actually finna shoot me. We've seen that time and time again. How many of these murderers, these kids who are who walk into a church and murder a bunch of people, walk into a school and murder a bunch of people, walk into an agent salon and murder a bunch of people, how many of those folks are then murdered by the cops? Few and far between. Most of the time, either they kill themselves or the cops take them alive. But every time it happens with black and brown kids, you got you got these people rushing up saying, well, you know, the cop had to do what he had to do. Like, and nah, I, it, it doesn't wash for me. It doesn't wash. I said, you go ahead. Cause I, I got, I got an answer for that, but go ahead. <laughs> Here's my thing. You know, we, well, first we need to take the situation as it happened. Mm-hmm. Right. We, you know, to throwing the parents in right now. Okay. We, we can talk about that in a minute, but Take the situation as it happened. What 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 Samori's talking about is, is a very simple word. It's called discretion, right? Uh, you know, when you when you have a situation, you have multiple ways you can handle it, right? And and, and let's say let's say just just for sake of argument, let's say in that situation, cop had three choices of the way he could have handled that situation, right? One choice the least amount of force possible, right? There's a middle of the road choice, and then there's a choice, shoot him, death. And obviously, that's, choice, that's the one he chose, but death, that's the, that's the most aggression that he could use. All three of those choices, legally, he can exercise. Mm-hmm. Legally, he, he, legally, he might get off. They might say it's not enough you know, enough time and him tossing out the gun. Cop didn't know. He didn't have a gun, couldn't tell. And they can't prove that the cop didn't that saw that he had dropped the gun, right? So all three of those things was available to him that he could do it. But we're talking about discretion, right? We're talking about discretion. And, and it's discretion that time and time again, we do not see exercised with black with the black and brown community right we're not seeing it and and when it's someone else somehow that discretion is used but consistently on my side of town over here there is no discretion and and so what happens is we keep kind of using the law as an excuse we keep kind of saying yeah i understand his life was on the line they got to go home. You know, I remember a time when being a police officer was a calling. It wasn't a job. It was a calling. Right. That's when I grew up. Right. It was like joining the military. It was a calling. 
right? They did away with the draft. It was a calling because you didn't want just anybody joining up. But over the years, as I got older, they've made the police force more and more a thing where anyone could join now. Anyone can join it. Anyone can be a police officer because of the whole standardized training that they're doing. And the, and the quite frankly, it's got to be easy training. How, how, how is your life on the line if you're just going to go shooting people? I mean, I'm just going to take my gun and shoot every situation. Then your life's not on the line. Clearly, you got the upper hand. You got the advantage. You can just fire. Your life's not on the line anymore. Right? That, so... So the, the the job just isn't the same anymore. It's a job. It's a job. And it should not be a regular job. Being a firefighter is not a regular job. And you see how much training they do in the beginning to become a firefighter and ongoing training that they do as a firefighter to train for those worst situations because they figure eventually they might end up in a fire. And they do hours and hours and hours of training to be inside of a burning house for minutes. I mean, do y'all hear what I'm saying? Hours and hours just to be in there for minutes. Exactly. Find out how much ongoing training that police officers really do for those minutes. They don't do nearly enough. They don't do what firefighters do. And they should. Because those minutes... People's lives are in danger. Not just their own, but everyone else they're dealing with is in danger. Jason, what were you going to say? So with that being said, one, I I don't know where you grew up, Hudson, when you saw cops like this. Uh, With everything that you just said in regards to training and what cops know and what they do know. How long have you known that? And this is this is me asking you this question. How long have you known that? Know what? What? How long? What you, exactly? How long have you known that cops suck? See, see, here's, here's, here's my thing. In 1995, I turned 15. If I'm not mistaken, I might math might be a little wrong, but it's somewhere close in there. And I had a conversation with my father once, where he actually sat me down and talked to me about interacting with police officers, with cops. This was 1995. I was 15. I'm 41 now. Everything that both of y'all just said about cops treating white people differently as opposed to black people, I've known this shit for damn near 25, 30 years. How many more of these kids do we got to sacrifice to prove the point? How many more kids are we going to send out into the fucking street to get killed by these cops before we say we got it? Do we need more proof? Do we need more of them to go out here and do stupid shit or to do things that are going to allow them to be murdered? Or are we going to teach their asses how to fucking survive? This doesn't make any sense to me anymore. It seems like now that we got all these cameras and shit, now that we got this new age of life where people get a chance to see it, Now it's just a revelation and we just need more and more of it to happen for people to get it. Here's my problem. And this is something that I've said before on the show when I talked about when, when, when we were talking about 
people realizing and seeing black people in the plight that they are and brown people and how they're treated. They've seen it. These white people have seen it and they don't give a fuck. They could give less of a shit. You know why? Because it don't bother them. It has nothing to do with them. It's our problem. Always has been. Before them 30 years I was born, before I had that conversation with my father when I was 15, cops was killing niggas way before I was born. For no reason. The only reason we seeing it more now is because everybody's got a fucking camera in their pocket. But we still trying to prove the point. We still try, well, see, see how he treated him different? We, I know that. We all know that. Both of y'all just sat here and said, you know it. You knew it. So how many more kids are we going to send out here to be sacrificed? How many more kids, how many more people are going to walk out here fucking with these cops and shit and give them the reasons and give them the whereabout to have the argument and just fucking kill us? At what point? Because guess what? Ain't shit changed. Ain't nothing going to change. Now, how many times y'all tell me to go vote for somebody? Ain't nobody that I voted for so far. Anybody you voted for so far has made one fucking difference. Not one. And you give me an example of one. I I beg you to give me an example of telling me or somebody who came in and made a difference from these cops going out here and killing us. So at what point in time do we make a decision to teach our kids better? When do we take responsibility for our own? Stop sending your kids out there to die for no fucking reason. Just so you can sit up and jump in front of a camera and say, see what they did to my baby? If he was your baby, he should have been in the house with you. Plain and damn simple. I know they're killing us. I know that. I've always known that. And it's never going to change. It hasn't changed in 40, 50, fucking 60 years. It hasn't. So how many more examples do we need? How many more examples? How many more times are we going to send somebody outside to get their asses shot off by a cop and they had an argument of it was a millisecond and I didn't, I was afraid for my life because they're always going to win the argument. They've won every one. Even the few in between, the few little sprinkles who've been convicted and who've been put in jail for a couple of years for killing a motherfucking shit who got to keep their pensions after they got out of jail. How many more before we understand, Hey, this is a fact of life. And if we're going to live here, we going to have to fuck around and find a way to deal with it. Now I tell you like this, if you want to make a choice to fuck around and uprise and go after these fucking people, then make that goddamn choice. Otherwise teach your fucking kids something. If your baby is such a baby, Keep his ass in the house and teach him how to survive when he get out on the fucking street. Not to go out with Raul, who's 21 in the middle of the fucking night, with a gun. What you're talking about makes complete sense in this specific situation. It's in all of them. No, it's not. It's in every last one, including this girl out here in Ohio. The one who called the cops. The one who (laughs) called them to come kill her. No, no, because these kids have been killed for just walking down the street. At, <laughs> we, we at, got, what, at what point in time has a cop just killed a kid for walking down the street? The, the situation. Uh, I don't remember the kid's name, but he had a toy gun. They thought it was a real gun, so they ran up on him and they killed him. And, and what <laughs> happened with that? 
Hey, and what happened with that? Not one it's conviction. Not, not one. Exactly. Not even a fucking, not even a dollar so for the kid's more. funeral. So, so what does that more. say? So it's more than just how these kids are operating when they're dealing with police. They're being murdered just walking down the street. And the what does that say? Just walking down, just minding their own business. And what? It's, Jason, it says that there is no way to avoid it. So there's, mo- there's most certainly it. a way to avoid it. We have to, we have to fight. Yeah, don't leave the house accountable. at all. Right. Never, okay. never go out. Jason, what, what you're talking about is valid to a certain point. But it gets to a point when we're talking about people, if they truly don't care, right, whether we live or die, they're going to find a way to kill us. No matter what. If we change you the game, this how to survive. they're going to change the game. Sitting in the house, surviving, teaching the motherfucker how to keep their life. Jason, that doesn't make any that It makes make sense, perfect damn sense. If you if you going to sit out here and you're going to tell me that you're going to let somebody kill you, then that's fine. Jason. Teach your children how to survive. What what was George Floyd supposed to do to help him survive? What I'm not talking about situation? George Floyd. George <laughs> Floyd is a man that whether they got pulled into some shit by somebody with the intent on killing him. <laughs> then that was seen on the damn cameras. And you think that George has... Floyd was my age. And you don't think that happens to kids? You think it only happens to adults? How many so how, so what are we doing? Bro? We just sending them out here to just let it happen then. So don't no, teach them nothing. Let them go on out there and let them figure it out on their own. Jason, calm down. <laughs> you keep interrupting me every time I'm trying to talk. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, like Hudson just said, they are determined to kill us. It's not. Yes, there have been multiple situations where we have seen videos of these black kids interacting with cops in a way where we're looking at it and saying, you're making things worse. This situation never should have happened. And on some level, the parents are to blame for what has happened. I'm not trying to deny that. Absolutely. But that is not. But that is not the fundamental issue. The fundamental issue is that these police are determined to kill to black kill men, us. Per- period, no matter how we're acting, no matter how we're doing, no matter what the situation is. We've seen countless inter- of these interactions over the years where these people did virtually nothing wrong and still got killed. That's part of the reason I bring up George Floyd. You're talking about, well, teach them how to operate, teach them how to survive, teach them what to do. And yes, there are some situations where that will help you. There's a whole lot of situations where none of that shit matters. And 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 that's bullshit. And that's bullshit. That's bullshit. It is. Ain't nobody just been killed walking down the street, dude. That's not, Jason, what it's the just, fuck are you talking happened. about? They, we give them plenty okay. of the damn reasons. Half of these kids that go out here and fuck around and stand out here on the street corners and shit, they got guns and shit on them in the first place, that are out here killing each other, are the ones that are out here on the news and having their mamas and shit about they killed my baby. Hey, so what the Jason, fuck are you talking about? Had these cops is blowing away motherfuckers that all the, the first thing they do is talk about how they was arrested, how this happened, how this happened, how all the... They put all this shit, they put their whole lives out there to see that this was the worstest motherfucker in the world. His ass should have been killed. So at First some point, all, when are we pulling our kids off the street? They can't get shot if they on the fucking street. And if we out there with them, if they get the shot, hell, you're going to have to shoot me before you shoot my kid. First, first of all, uh, wait, 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 no wait, 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 wait. Okay, what, so... 
Here, here's a big thing that we that we just we, we keep just kind of glossing over. What what what's the circumstances behind these kids out on the street <laughs> in the middle of the night? What Tell what me. was what was the mama's situation? I mean, I you're, no you're, you're absolutely convinced that it was just so easy pull this kid off the street. So so what was her situation that why she could just never, Why sure. is it never easy? Why is it always circumstances and situations that go over our kids? The kids are the ones who are supposed to be important. Everything is supposed to be over your child. Nothing is more important than my kid. Nothing. Nothing at all. If situations make it to the point where you can't acknowledge your kid, then you need to fucking fix that shit. Especially so, if you have some form of idea on who this kid is fucking with. Unless you just have no idea or completely oblivious, which makes you responsible. So we did an episode about the little girl who got mace repeatedly sprayed into her face because she kept asking for her daddy and the cops put their handcuffs on. What, what exactly was she supposed to do? Why what, was that was kid ever out in the street? That was my whole thing. The the mother and shit was over. The mother's the one called the police on the kid. Why the are these? Why are you people? And that's my other. And that's that was one of my other issues. If we so tired of the damn police, if we just hate what they're doing, why are we constantly entering them into our lives? Why are we constantly calling them to come kill us? Because you have no other resources. You have no other way of doing anything. This child is so out of control because now. All of a sudden, this kid is just completely uncontrollable, and there's nothing that can be done. Nothing so said, are to you, this. Are you seeing where you're leading us now? So, so first, you know, you know, if you got to keep the kid in the house and never let him leave. Now, now, you're, leading, now, now you're leading us to. When did now, I ever say now, keep now, the kid in the house and never let him leave? Now, never, now, never call the police. <laughs> I mean, you're 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 leading us down a path where we we can't have any kind of life. In order to so so just just leave the blame totally away from the police, right? And just keep the life you want <laughs> is what the life that most people want right now is because we steady pointing out what white people get and what they get. We'll never get it. You know why? Because you have black skin. That's what I'm trying to get around to. We want the privilege that they have, or we want the equal privilege that they have. You will never have it. That's if my point. On, if we held on to that perspective, we'd still be slaves. They the ones they made. They made the choice for us not to be slaves. It wasn't us. We didn't make that choice. We it wasn't like we hold on. One day was like, all right, we good. Hold on, no, 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 no. That, 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 that. You, you think of Lincoln? <laughs> you, you think out of the kindness of his heart, he went on ahead and freed. I didn't say anything about it being out of the kindness. Of, if he didn't make the decision to do it, no matter what his reason behind it was, would we still be slaves or not? If he didn't do it, absolutely not. Because no. no. we would have just walked off. We would have just no. We ain't doing it no more. How long do you think they were just going to sit there and continue to take that treatment? I don't know. Do you, we do you think all this? Do you do, no? It was not forever. It was because <laughs> who escaped. There was plenty of people who ran the fuck off, but I didn't see anybody else just totally leave a plantation or at least I didn't hear that story. I haven't read all of them, but the last time I checked slavery was in session. That's what they did. They killed Negroes back then. This, 
this and the people who made the decision of them not to be slaves anymore were white people, right? This perspective that oh you're displaying God. is exactly the perspective of the kids that are on hold the street on. right now. And it, hold, hold on, no, 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 because no. you need to explain that to me. This perspective that you're communicating that there's no way for things to be better, and that you should just accept. There's no your, way for anything that, to be equal. Hold on, this 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 perspective that you're communicating that there's no way for things to be better, and that because you're black, you should just accept your lot in life, and that trying to strive for further improvement say is a waste of effort is exactly the perspective that these kids on the street are are embracing. I say anything they about are except. embracing. I am black. I am brown. I am poor. Things will never change. It'll never be different. So I might as well stand on this I corner. I didn't say Not once did I say comments, accept anything. Better, I said you got one or two choices. It's either go out and fight or accept. That's what I said. <laughs> Because the only way you're going to get what you want is you're going to have to go out here. At this point, you're going to have to go out here and start killing people. That's what's going to have That's to happen. Not true because you're, you're voting and shit, and these people we put in the office ain't making it happen. So, what's the next choice? That's all we ever heard from the Black Panthers was about revolution. So, when okay. that shit going to happen? As, I've, as we've discussed on this show multiple times, the reason why these people are able to get voted in and then do nothing is because they know there are huge swarms of black people who don't care and who have already decided this stuff is never going to work. This stuff doesn't mean anything. It has no impact on my life. And therefore, these people experience no political pressure. There is no consequence for not doing anything. Yes, you're right. The people that me and you have voted for are not doing anything in the black community. They are not making our situations better. I 100% agree with that. But you know what else is not happening? There is no pressure coming from the black community demanding more. Do you see it? Because I don't see it. Do you know why there's no pressure? I don't. You guys know why there's no pressure. Here's why it's no pressure, right? Because we've been fed this, this, this crack of shit for for decades and centuries that if they were to cut half of the patrols in half cut them in half leave half the cops on the street take the other half away we're we are absolutely convinced that this city is going to go into absolute chaos we're absolutely convinced we're absolutely convinced it's it's going to be it's going to be armageddon out here if they do that and and half and half the black people maybe even more are definitely scared of not having these cops in the communities. And they're scared to say it, a lot of them, on, on in the social media and, and out in public. But deep down, they're scared somebody's going to run up in their house the moment that they think that there's not a cop sitting there on the corner. Scared of their own kind. They're, they're absolutely frightened. And so, and so when we talk about, that's why it doesn't make any difference if 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 we have black officers on the force patrolling our neighborhoods, it doesn't because they end up falling in line with whatever the force, whatever the, the, the rest of the force is doing. So so until we change that mindset that that we got to be scared of our own people, that it's going to be absolute chaos out here. If, if half the cops were gone tomorrow, if they want to quit, let them quit. Let, let's hire the ones that we actually need. In our communities. And and mind you, I want to be clear as well. It's not like I feel like every single time a cop shoots a, a black person that all of a sudden 
<laughs> there's there's a need for marching and uproaring and things of that nature. When I I feel like that the the 13 year old that died here in Chicago that that was a bad shot and that officer should lose his badge. But this 15 year old that got shot in Columbus, I do not feel that way at all. Like what is the cop supposed to do? You have there's another there's another girl there who whose life is in danger. Like I don't see how he really has an option other than to go ahead and shoot her. I don't feel like he should have shot her four times. I think that's crazy and not being brought up enough. But as a as a police officer, it's his responsibility to protect everyone there. He can't just let that girl charge someone else with a knife. That, he could have shot his taser. That would have put her down, too. That's that would have stopped her, too. Nah. A taser. Have y'all ever felt the taser? I've Have you ever seen a taser thing. on a big person? Because that girl yeah. was big. All right, the tasers don't work. Not, those, <laughs> the, taser, the taser does not always work. It's, both prongs have to hit in order for, for it to work. She was wearing a sweater. It's questionable whether or not the sweater would have hit her through a sweater. That was and a big girl. Even, even besides all that, even besides all that, I look at it from the perspective of if, if it's my daughter laying on that ground mm-hmm. Do I want the cop to tase that girl who's charging her with a knife, or do I want her him to go ahead and use his gun? My uh, my thinking, I want him to go ahead and use his gun because I don't want you so, tasing that girl and then my daughter getting stabbed. Like that that shit don't fly with me. So the only difference in the two that you see is the imminence of danger. Now, when we started off and we talked about Toledo, we said that this dude was with the twenty year old, twenty one year old who was shooting into yeah. a car. Do we know if this car was filled with people? Because that means they were trying to kill people. Yes, but that's the 21-year-old who did that. And okay. the 13-year-old was with him. Okay. Now, when police end up on a, on a scene, they don't know who's doing the shooting. They okay. didn't get a call to say, hey, it's a 21-year-old with a gun running with a 13-year-old. Yes. Okay. They get a call to say, it's two motherfuckers out here shooting. Yeah. So just like, the intent- just like when Dylan Roof shot nine people, they knew they were coming to the scene of someone who had murdered a bunch of people, and but they didn't unload on they didn't unload on Dylan Roof. But they we, took we've him already alive, covered that. Put a bulletproof vest on him, took him to Wendy's, we and then brought him back to the station alive. We covered that. <laughs> it's been 30, 40, 50, 60 thousand years. White people get better treatment. We know that. Uh-huh. We all know okay. this. Okay. So, so to, to keep doing the description of both. It's almost a, a nil point at this point. It no, really no, no. is. Because no, it's, so, it's like the only argument that we have nowadays. No, no, no. Because it's a relevant point because you keep trying to bring up these situations like, well, what else can he do? How else could this be handled? And so I bring up a situation that makes it clear. They oh, okay. can handle it a different way when they want to. But not when you're black. <laughs> yeah. Or not when you're brown. Uh-huh. So you can't use the comparison because he wasn't white. We can if we if if for those of us who believe that just because you're black doesn't mean you have to just accept your lot in your life, and it doesn't mean that you have yeah. to kill a bunch of people in order to get something better. Yeah, that but you, you and me believing that, that don't that matter. You can look at a situation <laughs> critically and say that yo, uh, there's but, a better way for this to be done. But you and me knowing that because I know that too. Yeah, it could have been a better way. Yeah, I could have held up a minute. I, okay. This kid running from me, he ain't turned around and started shooting at me and nothing. I know uh-huh. he got this gun. Let me let me try and get us both home. Yeah. People with good, calm minds who are not in the situation and then looking from it from afar and judging. Yeah, of course we can say all that. But at the scene, he ain't white. So 
I mean, I, at this point, I think that's just how the cops are trained. I be perfectly honest with you. I just think that's what it is. Hey, if he black or brown, mm-hmm. put him down. Ask questions later. If he white, let's give him a shot. Hudson, that's <laughs> just me. Hudson, you feel like with a uh, situation with the and I'm sorry, I can't remember her name, but the 15 year old girl I haven't even who seen was her murdered. Name. Uh, yeah, I haven't her seen her name. Been all over. It's Micaiah, it? some, it's something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. Her name's been all over. Okay. Uh, do you feel like the cop was wrong for shooting her? I, I think I think he should have went for the taser. And okay. you know, I I, I think they, they they just automatically go for that gun. You know, and and I I just don't. You know, I I've I've felt the taser. I you know felt what? the cops taser. And and it. I mean I. I just don't. I just don't get how it just seems to be no way around it. You're just gonna. You're just gonna somehow, some way, and and we don't know the full situation yet. But you know, I'm hearing reports that she came. She was trying to defend herself, or or there was something going on. They was there to jump so, her. So actually, let me let me they lay got out the guns, situation they real got quick. The knife from her. So so basically, what happened is this: this 15 year old girl. She was actually in a foster home. All right. She, um, all these girls were in the foster home. Yeah. 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 So, um, she got into an altercation with another girl who was in the foster home. And that girl basically threatened her and let her know, Hey, I'm going to get some more girls come back here and we're going to jump you. So this girl called the cops. All right. And this is where I do circle back to what Jason's talking about, about uh, regarding like where the parents, where's the community? Because I noticed the girl didn't seem like it did. she didn't call her mama. She didn't call like so, another adult that was in the house. She didn't call a neighbor who can intervene and say, hey, no, this is not going down. She had to call. She felt like she had to call the cops, which to me is a red flag that she didn't feel like there was anybody else in the community she could use to resolve this situation, which I believe is a huge problem. All right. But moving past that, she called the cops. Something happened between her calling the cops and the cops arriving on the scene. Who know we we don't really know what that is. But when the cops arrived, there were already other people besides the feuding girls who were kind of surrounding the house. The cop comes out of his car, and the girl, the fifteen-year-old girl who called the cops, comes barreling into the camera view, pushes one of the girls down on the floor. And then charges towards another girl with a knife and a motion that makes it pretty clear she's about to stab this girl. Now, this all happens in the in the span of, you know, five to seven seconds, something like that. Um, in my mind, the the cop when the when the police arrive, they are responsible for the lives of everyone there. If he had tried to tase that girl and it didn't work and she stabbed that girl and that girl died, he more than likely, I feel like, would have been labeled as incompetent. Like you were right there. You should have done something. Either way. You you were right there behind her. You should have done something. Either way. Again, I strongly disagree with him shooting the girl four times. I think that was crazy excessive. But I, I... I find it difficult to dis- to say that he was wrong for shooting her once. But there's one other thing I want to say. Like, again, we talked about people in the community, and it seemed like maybe they weren't, she didn't feel confident that they would be willing to stand up for her. In that video, 
that first girl she pushes down, there's a guy standing right there. Oh, that he kicks, her. kicks yeah. He kicks at that look at that girl's head while she's laying on the floor. No real man does some shit like that. No real grown man is kicking at some teenage girl's head while she's on the fucking floor. That is some bitch nigga bullshit. Um, and that, to me, just reinforces she didn't have anybody real there who was going to step in and take control of the situation. Because a real man, even if he's even if he's furious with a girl, even if he's convinced that she's ignorant as hell, he ain't, she ain't, he ain't doing some dumb shit like kicking that teenage girl's heads while they're on the ground. You just don't do that. Well, it, just just to say this, that, just in that and whatnot, we, I don't know if this dude was an adult or anything because I know the dude and I know the part of the video you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Personally, I felt it was a younger cat. I think it might have been another foster kid that was in that home or something like that. Whatever the case may he be. He looked to me like he it was, was a young 20s. guy. No, it, it, he was a young dude. That was a young you guy that so? did that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cause all, all, the young, all these, these young dudes do that now. They, they out here fighting chicks and whatnot like they guys now. And bitch, most nigga. women is out here fighting women like they fighting bitch, guys like they women too. I don't care if you 16, 17, you old enough to know you ain't got no business hitting a woman, especially yeah. a woman who was on the ground and defenseless. That is some bitch nigga bullshit. No. No, man. Yeah. She didn't have nobody. She didn't have nobody she could depend upon. And that's why she came barreling in there with a knife like that. Because she looked at the situation and said, I got to stand up for myself. Nobody's going to stand up for me. And to me, that, that is really what's messed up in all this. That is the problem. Where are the adults? Where are the men? But as soon as Where the TV the cameras come, it was my baby. My baby this did. Shit, and my this baby shit is standard in the hood. These females get into arguments. They pull knives on each other. They talk a bunch of bullshit. And then a man has to step in and be like, y'all chill. You go over there. You go over there. This is standard nonsense. Where are the men? I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I'm, I'm going to I'm I'm say this, right? My dad was single dad, right? Raised me on his own, right? Um, when I had a mind to, when I turned 14, uh, and and I decided I didn't want to go to school. I didn't. Right uh, now, I, I dare anybody to say my dad wasn't a good father. Mm-hmm. But when I made that decision, I wasn't gonna go. There was nothing he could do at that point. Sure, he tried. Sure, he he punished. He did whatever. But it wasn't until I I ended up deciding. I need to make a change that I made that change. And I say this to say, if if I had a mind to, I could have did whatever out there. Okay. You got a question, Jason? Go ahead. I was going to ask, <laughs> what was the reason why you didn't? I just didn't want to. It, 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 was wasn't, no real it, was, it wasn't nothing that your father put into you. No, if I... I mean, you know, just thinking about it now, like even if it was just something subconscious in you, like, cause it'd be like that. I didn't get into a lot of shit just because it was like, eh, I'm not about that. No, but no. I, I mean, now, now I understand the question. Here, here's the thing, but here, yeah. here's the thing. When, when we say a parent's got to make a way, right. What he was able to do was he was able to work at the same elementary school that I went to that I attended. And so he was able to keep track of me that way. But see, everybody can't do that. 
There's only so many jobs there. And, and when we when we say there's only so so many ways you can try to keep track of a child that when they're when they're when they're trying to get away from you, it's tough to stop them. Uh, I mean, if he wasn't able to get that job at that school, who knows? If he had to get a job somewhere else, or Lord forbid, he had to work two jobs to survive, so that we we can have a somewhat of a decent roof over our heads. It's easy for us to say, especially in, in us three in our positions, where we have our our women with us, where we have where where we resources, we have resources. It's easy to say, hey, you got to keep track of that kid, right? So so. I, you know, I don't know what, what his situation was at home. I don't know, but I, I'm going to say it's very easy to say, Hey, keep track of that kid. And, and when, and, and I pray that none of us have to go through it when our kids become teenagers and they start to feel their oats because all kids start to feel their oats. So I'm going to pray that we all None of us have to deal with that when they get to that point. But it's I'm, I'm just it's easy to say. It's easy and sometimes and sometimes your kids turn out a way that you never wanted, but you just have no choice. My father worked his ass off to ensure that I could get into college when I was 14 years of age. After one year, 15 years old, I looked around at all these 19-year-olds who weren't getting grades nearly as good as me, but seemed to do everything that I couldn't do. They could stay out late. They had girlfriends. They seemed to have everything that I wanted. I stopped going to class. My father would take me up to, co- to the school. He would pay for me to get my classes. He, I would leave every day, and I'd sit in the cafeteria and watch music videos all fucking day. I'd hang out with my friends at the pool room. I would skip classes the whole semester. My father would come to to school. He would talk to my teachers. He would get my midterm grades. He would see the list of Fs. I got beatings. I got talking tos. I got yelled at. Father did everything in his power to try to get me to change my perspective. But I was absolutely convinced to rebel. I graduated in, in four and a half years only, only because I went to summer school every year and I took a full load of classes every summer. And in my mind, I was like, if I got to spend my summer here, I might as well go ahead and go to class. Plus, none of my friends were there. Hudson wasn't hanging on campus during the summer. Jason wasn't hanging on campus during the summer. So all my distractions were gone. That's the only reason I graduated even somewhat on time. But I graduated with a 2.8 GPA. Like, I completely fucked over my time in Chicago State. That is not the plan my father had for me. That is not what he was putting in all that work for. But when I decided that I didn't care anymore, and that's the way I felt, there was nothing he could do to change it. But he gave me a good enough foundation that I was able to move past that point and still lead a productive life. And that's all you can really do. Hope that you have given your child a solid foundation to work from and that they will make good decisions. Not necessarily the decision you would want them to make every time, but good decisions that reflect the upbringing that they've been given. First of all, I don't appreciate you saying that I was your problem with graduating, number one. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh boy, hey, I ain't had nothing to do with you in school, homeboy. I, when I when I ain't go to class, I was minding my business. I ain't come grab you like, hey, don't go to class. <laughs> ain't nobody blaming you. Stop being sensitive. That's what he said. He said it was like, all my distraction was gone in the I summer. Said so you and Jason, but you, you said Hudson didn't say anything, but you up here like, hold on, stuff. It's because Hudson know I was coming with it. He already knew. <laughs> Second of all, when I'm talking about. And I, and I want to make this clear. I'm not talking about keeping, I, and, and y'all should know me better than that, that I've never been a person that's talking about keep your kids hidden in the house. Mm-hmm. Keep, them, keep them away from all the danger. That's impossible to do. Mm-hmm. When I talk about teaching our kids something, this is why I asked the question to Hudson. Just like what you're talking about, Samori, about ditching class and, you know what I'm saying, not going to class anytime and kind of fucking up in school. Every kid does that. That's that's school shit. That's 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 that shit that's gonna affect you somewhere down the road when you become a fucking adult when it comes to the shit that you want to do when you grow up. I'm talking about shit like even Hudson. It, when even even if, I'm guessing when you got to high school is when your father wasn't around you constantly and you 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 were left alone to go about your own decisions, just like I was when I got to high school. Shit. I barely remember my freshman and sophomore year and shit because I ditched all the fucking time. <laughs> I'm talking about that learning, that shit that you, when your father sit down and he tell you some shit and it start to develop in front of your face and you don't even realize it, that you're reacting. That's, that's the kind of teaching and the type of survival I'm talking about when it's instilling something into our kids. Yes. When they get out there, they're going to make, we have to hope and pray that everything that we taught them sinks in and they get the point when the situation arrives, that they not completely oblivious and they turn into these fucking idiots and shit that fuck around and, and gamble with their fucking life. I'm talking about situations where you see something happening and before you even realize you done did it, you done moved out the way, you done ducked down, you got on a different bus. I'm talking about, I used to take the bus from 79th and fucking Halsted to 122nd in Eggleston every damn day. I went through four or five public schools before I could fuck around and get to my house. I went to a Catholic school. There was an impression and shit where people didn't really fuck with people from Leo and stuff like that in the neighborhood over on 79th. We kind of got a little free pass from all the vice lords and shit that lived in the neighborhood. But once I got my ass past all that, because I think I was like one of the people who lived the furthest away from the school, you ran into other situations that you just couldn't fuck around and imagine a call for. So there were times where I would fuck around and I would be standing there waiting on a bus, see a group of certain people on the bus and say to myself, I'll catch the next one. Cause I know what's about to fucking happen. Cause I done fucked around. Oh shit. Them, all them niggas from Carver, they all about to run into these niggas from Morgan Park and Finger on the way to Hugger Halsted. And they don't give a fuck about what clothes I'm wearing. I'm going to be on the bus and I'm going to be in that shit. So there's just certain things that my father taught me. There's certain certain things that just click from time to time. And as parents is what we try to instill in our kids, as opposed to just talking to them and, you know, just living life and doing shit like that. And I understand it's a lot of kids out here that don't have that. But that's my problem. We got to start grabbing these fucking kids and we got to start teaching them something. We got to start something, embedding something in them. We can't have 15-year-olds out here 
And it was mentioned somewhere in the chat where they said that maybe the auntie or something like that was the one who called the police, right? We can't have situations like a woman, like this little girl running after somebody trying to kill him when the fucking cops show up on the scene. Something got to turn on. Something in your brain got to say, ooh, I got to stop or I might die. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about actual survival here. Somewhere in here, when we got to find a way to keep ourselves alive and stop depending on these people to know this shit. And we keep pointing it out. And if we're going to keep pointing it out and they ain't did nothing about it so far, then why do we think it's going to happen? Why are we so hopeful that somebody's just going to one day say, hey, let's change the police. Let's change the policy. It ain't happened in hundreds, in hundreds of years. It hasn't. And it won't. So somewhere in here, we got to start embedding that shit in our kids. We got to start embedding, hey, at some point in time, something might happen where your life might just be on the line. Even if it don't really seem that significant at the time, there have to be some triggers. There got to be some warning signs. There's got to be something that clicks that says, hey, let, let me let me slow down and see what the fuck is going on. Because my life might be on the line today. I might need to fuck around and go left instead of going right. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying hide our kids is in the house. And yes, that situation like Tamir Rice, that shit made me want to kill motherfuckers. When I heard about this kid out playing in the park, because there's no indicators for that. There's no That's indicators that a motherfucker fucks around and pulls into a park and shoots you because you're playing with a Nerf gun. There are no indicators for that. For that one and shit, the police need to burn for shit like that. And they find it almost impossible that nobody paid for that shit. But I'm still talking about teaching these ones that are getting out here in these streets and handing them their lives. Here. Here you go. I have no regard for it. I'm going to give you a couple seconds where you can have an argument to say that it was my fault I killed myself. I'm going to just put this hand up just a little bit too slow. So now you got an argument to talk about why you killed me. We we got we got to start we got to start embedding that shit. We got to start putting it in deeper. We got to find some psychological way to make our kids turn on. Hey, you black, you brown, you 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 don't get to live the life that these uh, your white counterparts do because they don't have to think about this shit. They don't. They fathers and mothers don't have to teach them none of this shit at all. All they get to do is fuck around and figure out what college they're going to and who they taking to prom or whatever white shit is. I don't I don't know how white shit go. But they don't have these problems. They don't have to have this thought. And it sucks, but we got to fucking do it. We just have to. We got to save our kids because if they're going to keep going out here getting killed, what kind of future do we have? We We don't have none if all the young people are dead. So that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not I'm not coming out and trying to say that we got to hide them away and we got to accept anything because it's, it's one of two things. It's either we got to learn how to survive or we're going to have to take this shit to them. It's one of two things. And going to them through representation and shit don't seem to be working. But as you say, Samori, there is no pressure. I, I agree with you totally on that. And for some reason, I just don't really see it happening, but it would be great if it did because maybe that would be a change that we could see. But right now, at this point, we got to teach these kids to survive, man. Something got to click. 
Something got something got to turn on in here. That means more people are going to have to start caring about kids that are not actually theirs. Because when you That's look true. at this kid, it's very, very possible that the foremost male role model in his life was a 21-year-old who passed him that gun. What do you do as a kid That's fucked up. When, when your father is the shooter? <laughs> what do you do when your main male role model is someone who's basically guiding you down a path of evil and self-destruction? And so then the motherfuckers be... that got to fuck around and really wake up. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so there's got to be more people in the community willing to help children that are not their own. And I feel like far too often we look at those children on the corner and we look at those kids out there doing wrong and we're like, it ain't my son, it ain't my daughter. And then you go into the house and close your door and you figure because your door is closed, well, I'm closed to the outside world and nothing happening on these streets affect me. And then two years later, when that same child ends up killing somebody you care about, mm. you cry crocodile tears in front of the camera. It's not going to work. My baby. At the end of the day. But yeah, exactly. My baby, My baby was so sweet. Like, nah, <laughs> there's got to be there's got to be a point where we have more empathy for each other, where you decide that I care about my people in general not just the people that are directly in my home. And that means not only are you reaching out and caring about kids that are not necessarily your own, but it also means when you see people that are clearly a threat to the community and tearing down the community, we have to be willing to work with law enforcement to get the people off the street. We have to. And I feel like far too often, there's a tolerance level for these people where you know this person is a murderer. You know he's out there terrorizing people, but you don't want to be the one to say anything, so you just close your eyes and mind your business. But then when what he does affects you, all of a sudden you want everybody to get involved. <laughs> you know, it's your cousin that's been murdered, so you say, hey, somebody needs to tell the police something. There's got to be justice. But when the person next door to you, when their son was murdered, and you know exactly who did it. You had nothing to say nothing at all. because you don't want to be the person working with law enforcement. Something has to change. If you don't want to work with law enforcement, then you need to be the one out there handling business and saying, y'all got to stop. Y'all got to stop yeah. shooting. Y'all got to stop selling drugs here. And if you're not going to be that person, <laughs> then you need to be willing to call the cops. It's one or the other. And don't be it's calling one them and the whatnot because they're bothering you. Right. <laughs> come don't on call now. the don't police call- to come get them because they're bothering you and shit. Like, yeah, no, come no. on now. Come on now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think part, I think, I think if, if cops really want to work with the community, they got to reach too. And I, I can't remember, I can't remember, you know, the last black club party we had over here, not a single cop. And when I, and when I say cops used, cops used to be a, a calling. I remember black clubs back in the day. When I live, or even, and I remember seeing cops actually come to them, actually, actually, that. actually talking to the people. I, I'm not saying it happened in every neighborhood, yeah, 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 right. Mm-hmm. But I remember actually seeing that. Now, now, I, I, I can't. Right now, it's just not a thing. I remember when cops used to actually come out when you got uh, your house broken into, or even your car broken into. Now they just give you a a, a a number, a report number over the phone. They, they, they don't even come. They don't come anymore. 
Yeah. You know, three one one or four one one. It's one of them. <laughs> you can call nine one one. It's gonna be the same thing. <laughs> you know, three days later, a cop's gonna call you with the report number. Like, dude, you ain't even asked me any questions. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, here's your report number for the insurance. I, you know, it, we have to see something from them too, right? And and I'm gonna say this about it. Yes, everyone needs to get more involved. But let me just say this: if the bank accidentally puts a million dollars into my account tomorrow, uh, I'm going to go to jail if I touch it. I'm going to get in trouble if I touch it. So just because we may have handed our child on a silver platter out there for the cop to kill him, uh, stop killing him. Okay? There should still be justice served. I'm going to go to jail if I spend that million dollars, right? <laughs> it don't matter that they gave it to me on a silver platter. They're going to inspect it back. And so if if somebody in any community gets killed <laughs> for 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 reasons that that just are insane to me. Sorry, no. I I I don't care that they were handed up on a silver platter. I don't care. I mean nights in a row they were out at midnight, 1 2 in the morning. Don't kill them. Okay, that that's my stance on it. I agree, brother. I agree. Absolutely. Okay. Appreciate y'all fellas. I think that's a good place to end it. I want to thank all of you for joining us here at SGH Man Cave. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Remember that you can hear this and other episodes on all your major podcast platforms. We're on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. Once you're there, please hit that subscribe button, like, and leave a comment. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SJH Podcast Family and at SJH Man Cave. I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for keeping it real. Until next time, this is your host, Samori, signing off.